0: for Seafood News.
1: You are listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing
0: Editor, Amanda Buckle. And I'm Ernaberry Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by the spring issue of Ernaberry's Reporter, Volume 16, Number 2, is our second issue of 2021 and features a special section on the state of the seafood industry. An annual review compiled by Erna Berry's Seafood Market Reporters, the annual review includes 17 pages packed with insight, charts, and other data from the UB team. Secure your free copy today by visiting earnaberry.com reporter. What are you waiting for if you haven't gotten your free copy yet? It's free! <laughs> well,
1: thanks, Lauren. In our top story of the day, the Maine lobster industry raked in some big bucks in 2020. Now, we all know that Maine's lobster fishery is the largest and most valuable commercial fishery in Maine. It's the largest lobster fishery in the country. That's right. So these numbers really shouldn't come as a shock, but uh, I think it's still surprising given that the circumstances of last year. You know, so according to the State's Department of Marine Resources, Maine fishermen, and and this is total catch for all species, Maine fishermen brought in over 516 million for their catch in 2020. And this was the ninth highest X vessel on record. So like I said, considering the pandemic, pretty impressive. Um, Now, Maine's lobster fishery accounted for most of that overall landed value at nearly $406 million. And this was only the seventh time in history of the fishery that the landed value
0: exceeded $400 million. So, finger snaps for Maine's lobstermen. Nice job, nice job. (laughs) So, it's impressive for sure, and Maine's Department of Marine Resources Commissioner Patrick Kelleher agrees so too. Kelleher said in a statement that the industry was facing a pending market collapse due to COVID-19 at this time last year. But he says the industry's response was remarkable, noting that the dealers developed new markets and harvested adjusted effort based on market realities, all of which resulted in a good boat price during a year with seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And yes, the ex-vessel value is
1: a drop from 2019's figure of over $681 million, But I'm still calling it a COVID success story. And honestly, it could have been much worse. So, I mean, food services appeared last year. You know, but the industry has a lot of hardworking folks behind them. You know, and as the Maine Lobster Marketing Collaborative reported last month, when the pandemic hit in March, they completely shifted their efforts.
0: Yeah. So in previous years, they had focused on getting the word out about Maine Lobster to the food service industry and distributors. When food service restrictions were put in place, the MLMC shifted their efforts to reach grocers and home cooks. The MLMC worked with journalists to place stories about Maine lobster that focused on ease of procurement and preparing lobster at home. And they also started using social media and digital advertising to reach their audience. And they did so by contacting social media influencers to develop easy-to-prepare recipes and how-to videos. Uh, they left us off the list, but we'll, let, we'll, we'll give them a pass on that. Um, and they even added a home cook section to their lobsterfrommaine.com website.
1: You know, the hard, the hard work paid off. It sure did. Yeah. And uh, in other happy news, a new study has found that U.S. waters of the Gulf of Mexico are teeming with three times more red snapper than previously thought.
0: The report, names the great red snapper count, led by the Heart Research uh, Institute for Gulf of Mexico Studies at Texas A&M University, Corpus Christi, estimated that there is 110 million red snapper in the Gulf, up from the previous NOAA estimates of only 36 million. That's a big jump. That is. So this
1: report was based on a three-year independent red snapper population assessment that brought together more than 80 scientists from 12 institutions of higher learning. And the hope is that the report may potentially change the way the Gulf of Mexico fishery is assessed by federal and state officials. U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy said that the information released in the report should translate into greater access and longer fishing seasons.
0: So in more good seafood news, we've got a couple of executive appointments to talk about. Bob Blaise has been named the new CEO of East Coast Seafood Group. Blaise's appointment is part of a planned 2021 transition and the next step in the company's strategic evolution for long-term growth. Here he replaces current CEO, Brad Hudson. Prior to being named CEO, blaze worked for affiliate company, Seatrade, since 1998.
1: As a certified public accountant, blaze has worked closely with the company's founders over the years and was promoted to Seatrade's chief financial officer and treasurer before the company was sold to East Coast Seafood in 2012. Since then, Blaise has helped streamlining operations as East Coast Seafood Group's COO. Now as CEO, he'll be helping the company expand its global presence into high-end shellfish, retail products, and underutilized fish species. Hudson, who took over as CEO at the end of 2018, will remain with East Coast Seafood Group as an active member of the board of directors.
0: And in another executive appointment, Peter Pan Seafood has announced that seafood industry veteran Kevin Larson will sign on as the company's VP of International Sales and Business Development. Larson has a deep background in the seafood industry. His father was a fisherman in southeast Alaska, and Larson followed in his footsteps for eight seasons before transitioning into sales. He most recently served as the vice president of sales and business development at Bornstein Seafoods. Finger steps for Bob Blaze and Kevin Larson. <laughs> you love your finger
1: <laughs> Now in other news, Seafood News correspondent Amy Zong took a dive into imported seafood denials in China over the past year. About 2,109 batches of food have been denied entry into China from January 2020 to January 2021, and seafood products ranked first on the
0: blacklist with shrimp, the top species in terms of volume. During this period, China closed its door to 467 batches of seafood, which constitute 22.14% of the total. Among them, there were uh, 211 batches of frozen white shrimp, which make up 45.18%. Most are from Ecuador and Peru. In addition, 55 batches are black tiger prawns, mostly from Vietnam. And another seven batches are northern shrimp, mostly from Greenland. A closer look shows
1: that there are three main factors uh, which account for the denial. 48% of seafood was rejected because they were found to be infected with disease. 14% were turned down due to failure to gain approval from the Inspection and uh, Quarantine Bureau. And 7.5% were
0: turned down due to discrepancies between goods and certificates. So before we go, we have to talk about the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Shrimp tail story. Oh, of course.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one of the big stories last week was a California man... Allegedly finding shrimp tails in his box of cinnamon toast crunch. Uh, now the person who found the leaded shrimp tails is not, you know, any old Joe in California. His name is Jensen Carp, also known by his stage name of Hot Carl. <laughs> Why don't we have any stage names? Uh,
0: I don't think we can beat Hot Carl. <laughs>
1: Well, he's a former rapper turned producer, writer, actor, and podcaster, but probably his biggest claim to fame, you know, besides being hot Carl, is that he's married to Topanga, a.k.a. Boy Meets World
0: actress Danielle Fischel. So Carp posted a photo to Twitter of the alleged shrimp tails in his serial, and of course it went viral. But Carp made it clear that this wasn't a gag and he's going back and forth with General Mills about it. And it's becoming pretty bizarre, um, or rather more bizarre, because who in the world would even think they'd be finding shrimp tails in their cereal box? So Cinnamon Toast Crunch said in a response that, quote, after further investigation with our team that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. And they said, quote, we assure you that there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. In all seriousness, I mean, I don't know how cinnamon toast crunch is made, but how would shrimp get into the mix? Yeah, Carp responded that
1: you know to, to General Mills after further investigation with my eyes, they are, these are cinnamon coated shrimp tails, you weirdos. <laughs> I wasn't all that mad until you now tried to gaslight me. Um, so General Mills wanted to Carp to send the alleged shrimp tails in a prepaid addressed envelope, but Carp is not playing along. I mean, if it was an envelope, they could potentially get crushed, you know, that evidence.
0: But I don't know if I would give up that evidence right away. And I don't think he is too. So um, now I love coconut shrimp. I feel like I might like cinnamon toast crunch shrimp. Um, That maybe could be our next watch us eat video. But I I would make it at home. I don't know if I would, you know, implore General Mills to make it for us. Um, <laughs> we can yeah, we can make a breading from it. Um, but you know, yeah, oh, how did it get in the box?
1: We could do yes. This might be a great series. We could take a bunch of different cereals, crush it up, make a powder because you know they do that with like chicken with um with flakes. Oh right, like Doritos
0: or Cheetos.
1: Oh, yeah, I was saying keep it on the cereal trend, frosted flakes. <laughs> I've seen that, <laughs> oh, yeah. or, or maybe not even the frosted, just regular flakes. What are those called? Kellogg's flakes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not so. But uh, like, think about like I'm a big fan of oops all berries, so I feel like I would be interested in a little uh, pop of flavor there. We're getting out of hand there. We are. We are. The wheels are, are spinning for for our next our next video. The whole thing is, I mean, it's not very funny, but this Jensen Carp now he's getting a crustacean researcher involved. This, <laughs> this crustacean researcher reached out to him. And he's going to morphologically identify the shrimp using microscopy, and he's going to work with a team of researchers to use DNA and try to identify the shrimp down to this species. <laughs> this isn't ins- I wonder if they're doing it pro bono or if he's got to foot the bill for all this, yeah, I mean, this is a story that uh, is going to be, I think, in the news for a while. I mean, but yeah, <laughs> but General Mills is saying that this was like this box was tampered with, and I don't it's. I don't even want to go into further details on how, like, just look up the story because mm-hmm. it's that it's, bizarre. It, but uh, the is box is potentially bizarre. taped up and there's other stuff potentially found in it. So I hope this is just a prank gone bad, but let us remind everyone that it's not funny to fool around with anyone's food. Oh, no. You touched my food. You're dead to me. Yeah, it is not good. But I think Lauren and I, once we get a little normalcy back in our office, I think we are going to bring cinnamon toast shrimp to life. The shrimp tails. We don't need to eat the shrimp tails, but real cinnamon toast shrimp. I'm on board. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, that does it for us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye bye.